Imagine a church where every member is passionately, wholeheartedly, and recklessly calling the shots. I don't know who sets the worship center temperature, but why does it have to be so cold? Why do you have to be so right? Heated chairs are now being installed. This one wants a small church, but I'm afraid if it's too small, they're gonna make me volunteer like crazy. And I don't stack chairs, do I? Makes total sense. Join now and we'll let you decide the size of our church. We're millennials and we want a church that- Say no more. Any request you have will be granted immediately. Parking is horrible. It takes me almost six minutes to get from my car to the building. Ugh. It's gonna take me six seconds to tell you a valet service is on the way. My pastor's preaching, it's all over the map. I say, oh, I don't know, stick with the books of the Bible. We should be only exegetical. Okay, next week we start John chapter one, verse one. And we'll even start pronouncing that word the way you said it. Hey, I'd like this sermon to be no longer than 30 minutes. How does 15 minutes sound? Hey, anybody willing to go 15 should be willing to go to 10. <laughs> you drive a hard bargain. But from now on, five minute sermons it is. <laughs> now you're talking. Me, where it's all about you. <laughs> you laugh, but there's some of you go, there's a lot of truth in that, right? We have heated seats out those, outside for those of you that are looking for those. <clears throat> you know, they, I guess you go to the hospital, it's supposed to be cold, so it keeps the germs out. So we're trying to keep the germs out. That's what we can say. Listen, if you're here today and you did not get one of the Lord's Supper cups, uh, these packets, we have them available for you. If you raise your hand, I think we've got, we've got some people that'll help you get one of those. Just keep your hands raised and, and they'll uh, get these to you. They're coming out. Here we go. And so uh, just keep your hands raised and Michael and Bert, they'll help serve you this morning. We're very thankful that you're here to be a part of our time. At the end of today's service, we will be celebrating the Lord's Supper and what a privilege it is for us to, uh, to do that together. Can I just tell you how, how good it is today? We are a blessed people, and it's good to see you, and, and we're very thankful that you've chosen to worship here with us. You may be our guest. If you're our guest visiting for the first time, we're very thankful that you're here to be with us on this special day. We have been in the book of Proverbs. Just keep your hands raised, and when, you're, when, you've, when you've got your package, you can just put that down. By the, by the way, let me tell you what helps. Uh, you can you can take off that little lid up up top, and there's there's two things, and that un, that's the bread's up underneath that. I guess you call it bread these days, um, but that's uh, you can just get prepared for Lord's Supper a little bit later. That'll help you out. Um, we have been in the Book of Proverbs, and we will be in Book of Proverbs through the month of June and July and into August. I I know we're going to go at least through August. Maybe we'll see how much longer. But I'm enjoying our time. If you are reading along with us, reading a chapter a day, you should be on chapter 25. Today is the 25th of June, and so you should be on the 25th chapter in the book of Proverbs. And um, we'll start over in July. We'll go all the way through. But um, I have thoroughly enjoyed noticing your post online. The Bible says that God 
God doesn't return void. And out of all the things that you've been posting, I've been seeing a lot of you guys post things about what you feel like God is speaking to you or nuggets of truth as you're walking through every day. And man, that just blesses my heart. And I have to believe that there are people that are online that you may be friends with or acquaintances with online and on social media. They're not just seeing pictures of what you've got going on and your vacations and all that kind of stuff, but they're seeing God's word daily. I am so thankful for that. Amen. You just keep putting it in there. I, man, I, I love that. Just don't, seek, just don't seek to write it down there. Seek to apply lives. Oh, that's another thing. Sometimes we want to write, oh, man, that really speaks to me. But then we sort of bypass it and put it up over on the side and we, we forget about it. When we first started in this, we, we talked about there were four different types of people, of char characters that we find inside of the book of Proverbs, naive and the simple. Uh, there's the fool, there's the mocker and the scoffer, and then the wise person. And basically, the naive and the simple is the person that lacks, they, they lack experience, they're youthful, they're young. But I know people that are older that are naive, uh, and so age really doesn't have anything to do with it, even though it is a precursor. Um, but the, the naive and the simple is somebody that just lacks experience, so they don't have the knowledge. The fool is the one that has the knowledge but refuses to apply it. The mocker and the scoffer is the person that, that basically says, I'm going to do what I want to do, and it doesn't really matter. Um, they're going to head down the wrong path, and they're, they're not only going to head down the wrong path and do what they want to do, um, but they're also an ambassador for what's wrong, wanting to take others down that path with them. And uh, has an awful lot to say about the mocker and the scoffer, but then there's the wise person. As we read um, the totality of the scripture itself, there's one topic that comes up over and over again as we go from Genesis to the book of Revelation. And that topic is the generosity of God. And we're going to see today inside of the book, book of Proverbs where we're going to bring out some, some thoughts, some passages that talk about and illustrate for us the generosity of God. But this is what I want you to hear today is God just doesn't give us his leftovers, but he gives us his best. Amen? Very much so. And so we as his children, we should be reflecting his giving uh, nature. I mean, as his children, if we say that we're God's child, if we say we're a believer and a follower of Christ, we should have that same generous nature. We should reflect that same generous nature. I want you to turn over to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 11 with me today. I want to make reference to this verse up front. And just so you know, we're going to be in multiple places throughout the book of Proverbs, but we're also going to reference some, some other passages of scripture as we walk through. So today is sort of a Bible drill day, if that's okay. Um, but I want to read in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. This is what the proverb says there, 11:24. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. I love what the message has to say, the message paraphrase when, about that verse, which says this, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, whereas the world of the, skinny, of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Now, John Bunyan, not Paul Bunyan, John Bunyan, Paul Bunyan had, a, had an ox, a blue ox by the name of what? Yes, Lumberjack. You may remember the story. I'm talking about John Bunyan, who was a preacher, who was a pastor, a theologian, a writer back in the 1600s. This is what he had to say about generosity. You've not lived today until you've done something for someone who can never repay you. St. Francis of Assisi, the Catholic friar, said this, because somebody's twisting our arm... But we give because we recognize that we have been blessed and we want to be a blessing to someone else. When Paul was writing the letter to the, to the church at Corinth in his second, 
in the, in the his second letter, in chapter 9, verse 7, what are you doing walking in front of me, son? You don't be doing that in the middle of the sermon. <laughs> and it wasn't filled with tens and it wasn't filled with twenties. But this bag was full of money, lots of money. Now, I don't carry that kind of money. I don't have that kind of money. But this man brought this bag of money and he wanted to give it to me. And I told him, I said, sir, I, I can't take this. I don't. I said, let me introduce you. So I got the pastor from the church and I said, Mike, I need you to come. I want to introduce you to somebody. And he presented that bag of money to, to Michael. And uh, Michael came to me after he left. He said, Sid, you don't know who that is. And I said, I have no earthly idea who it is. He said, well, he's so-and-so and so-and-so, and he lives down the street, and he goes to a church that's in the next town over. He said, but Sid, he lost everything in the storm. His house, everything, his car, everything that he has, it's gone. And so here is this man, though coming, wanting to participate and be generous when he himself was hurting, which brings me to a third thought. Those who live generously are compassionate. Make sure you write that down. See what generous people are, just feed people. But how do we love people? And how do we care for people? How can we be compassionate? And Hannah began a process of loving on our neighbors so that we would know their names and not just know their names, but know their stories. And after Hannah retired and Colleen moved in, Colleen just picked right up where, where, um, where, 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 um, where she left off. Yes, Hannah left off. Sometimes I lose my train of thought. That's okay. I'm getting old. Forgive me. You know, see, I got, I got, I got, what's your name, son? Yeah, I got Caleb down here. Um, and so um, what we do at Beyond the Walls is important. And I say this, Beyond the Walls doesn't need heritage as much as heritage needs Beyond the Walls. We consistently need to be reminded of the fact that we are to be compassionate to our community itself. I see Marty here today, and, and Marty and I, we've had to postpone a trip uh, to India right now. Um, we, we, we are going to India to, to lock arms with some of our partners there uh, to continue some work that you are a part of, some of the churches there, some of the villages where we've put water wells. Uh, we've had an opportunity to do medical work, provide blankets and other things, and minister to pastors that are there in some of those villages. And and um, I look forward to that time when we get that planned and, and we're able to go and do that. But this is what Proverbs 29, 7 says, the godly care about the right of the poor, but the wicked don't care at all. See, we, we should be looking beyond, constantly beyond the gatherings here and us getting together on Sunday mornings and raising our hands and singing songs and reading the word to finding ways that we can implement the word within our community. We ought to be looking for ways constantly to infiltrate our community with the gospel, to demonstrate God's love. Some people ask, well, why in the world are we doing backpacks? You know, that seems like a waste of time and a waste of money. No, it's not. Because what it is, it's showing our community that we love. It's showing our community that we care for them. See, there's so much more that goes on just feeding the hungry or providing blankets for those that don't have, uh, providing dental care. You know, here in the month of August, we'll have a whole week where we'll dedicate to providing dental care to people within our community that don't have the resources to get help with dental, um, with dental needs. 
Uh, I, I think about feeding the teachers or what we do there. I think about it beyond the walls and those people that come in to serve, to cut hair once a month for our neighbors that don't have the resources to go get their hair cut. And we have people that come in and share their time and their resources to be able to care for them. You know, I think about Nicaragua and I think about the rehab center or building uh, chicken pens or hog pens or, or building a church or building a school and some of the places that we've been. I know that Rob Solomon just got back from a trip Rob, you were doing some missionary work as well. That's demonstrating the love of Christ in a tangible way. We should always consistently be looking about not how we can just talk about God's love, but we can demonstrate it. Amen? Proverbs 21, 13. Those who shut their ears to the cries of the poor will be ignored in their own time of need, which leads me to the fourth thought, that those who live generously will be rewarded. Those who live generously will be rewarded. You know, there's a couple of words that one day that I, I so much desire to hear. Well done. Well done. I, 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 I look forward to one day standing before the Lord, knowing that my sins have already been accounted for through the blood of Jesus Christ, but there's going to come a time when I have to give an account at the judgment seat of Christ for how I've handled the resources that God has blessed me with, how I've stewarded the resources and the talents that God has given me. And I, I, I look forward to that time when I, when I have to give an account, and I look forward to, to, to the Lord looking at me and saying, well done, Sid, good job, thank you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says this, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. You will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Back to Proverbs, Proverbs 19, 17. says, if you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. The NIV says it this way, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. He will reward them for what they have done. In other words, when we're generous to others, especially to those in need, we not only honor the Lord, but the Scripture teaches us that there is an account that is taken. And one day, one day, we will be rewarded. We'll be rewarded. It's a big deal. Such a big deal that in the book of Revelation, we find these words where John himself, in the last chapter, in verses 12 and 13, would mention the words of Jesus who would say, Look, look, I'm coming soon bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha, I am the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Now to me, that's something to look forward to. That's something that, that we have the ability to, to look forward to, talking about a legacy. We're not talking about the temporary stuff of this world, but we're talking about that which is eternal, that stuff that outlives us. Maybe you don't think about this, but let me just say this today. I think about this kind of stuff a lot, especially as I get older. But one day, I'm going to take my last breath. And Jim, it's sooner than later. For a lot of us in this room, sooner than later. But one day, it's going to be over. And I will take my last breath. And if we spend our lives thinking about ourselves, serving ourselves, living for ourselves, when we die, that's it. It's over. It's finished. But if we live our, our lives with others in mind, 
and we care about others and we love others and we bless others and we think about others, what we're doing is we are positioning ourselves to leave a legacy that will continue far, far beyond us. Do you hear me? That's what ends up happening. When we think about ourselves, when, when, it's, when this self is done and it's over with, it's, it's finished. But when we think about other people and we care for other people, we love other people, we bless other people, we invest into the lives of other people, we pour into the next generation. When we're gone, that legacy will continue on. This is what the psalmist, what he had to say as he described the life of a, of a, of a believer, a follower of Christ, one with faith in God. And I want you to listen to the characteristics as well as the benefits. This is in Psalms chapter 112. I want you to turn there if you have your copy of God's Word today. Psalms 112 verses 1 through 9. And listen to what the psalmist, the words that are written, listen to what they say. Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying His commands. Man, you need to underline, 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 underline that. We, we hear that time and time again inside the book of Proverbs, don't we? It says, their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy. There's, there's more to wealth than just finances, people. And their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and they're righteous. They live rightly. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They're confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. They share freely. They give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. Generosity pays eternal dividends. You know, I couldn't make it back yesterday. A good friend of ours passed away, and I was asked to be a part of the funeral, but I couldn't be there because I was up in North Florida um, with my mother. Um, she had some surgery this past week, but I couldn't make it back for the funeral yesterday. But I had asked a couple people that also knew her how the funeral went, and they just said it was a great day. Let me tell you why it was a great day and there was a great day of celebration because she didn't live for herself. She was a lady who lived for others. She was a lady who cared about others. And you can see that as she's passed that legacy down into her kids. They love people. They love the Lord. They care about other people. Peggy was a person who served. Peggy was a person who was always there to take a meal. Peggy was there always a person. When there was a specific need, she'd say, I'll do it. I'll do it. And as a result of that, her legacy lives on. When we live generously, the generations will be impacted. And you say, but Pastor Sid, you don't understand. I, I don't have any extra finances. There's a whole lot of things that we can give beyond finances, people. A whole lot of stuff. Because every one of us has something to give. Look to the person next to you and smile. Now, for some of you, that may have been hard to see if y'all fighting in on the way to church this morning. <laughs> you know how, how many people just need to see somebody smile? Somebody just needs a word of encouragement. What are some things we can give? You can give love, the book of John. So now I'm giving you a new commandment, love, love each other just as I loved you. You should love each other. You love, your love for one another will 
prove, boy, that's a good word, will prove to the world that you are my disciples, not how many times you go to church, not how much you give, not how many Bible verses you got memorized, but here he says, you will prove to the world that you are my disciples by how you love others. Dion Warwick sang the song, the lyrics, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. There's a lot of truth in that song. You may never realize the impact of a text, a phone call, a card, a visit, but it speaks volumes to a person when somebody cares enough to engage them, to reach out. What it says is I'm thinking about you. I was visiting a friend the other day. I'd taken somebody to, with me to the nursing home to make a, make a visit. I was visiting a friend in the nursing home, senior adult lady. And uh, at, when I get, got ready to leave, she looked at me and she said, she grabbed my hand and she said, Sid, you have no earthly idea how much this means. And I said, yes, I do. That's why I came. You know, as I walked the halls of hospitals and I walked the halls of hospice areas and I walked the halls of, of rehab centers, I see many times I'll see a person in a room all by themselves. And I think to myself, when's the last time somebody's engaged them? When's the last time that somebody's made a phone call or sought to to just, just to communicate, to let them know that they care. When's the last time somebody just checked on them? We may not have extra finances to spend, but we can be generous in how we love and care for others. We also can be generous with our time. What's the old saying? You know, we know that time is a valuable commodity. I've heard it said, we used to use our time to earn money. Now we spend our money in an effort to purchase more time. There's only so many hours in a day, people. So how will you use that time? We can give time. You have no earthly idea how many hours people sacrifice and give so that we can gather in a place like this, whether it's turning on lights or turning on air conditioners or running sound or lights or working with children or greeting people or doing, you know, helping get ready for baptism or whatever it may be. But there are tons and tons of people. I don't even want you to know how many hours that our sound and light and media and, and those people musicians, how much time that they give every week just to prepare for a Sunday morning service. We are so thankful for their generosity, and we're so grateful. But there are other ways that we can use our time. Maybe it's the carrying of a meal. Maybe it's the phone call or call like we talked about to someone that's struggling. The reality is that all of us have something that we can do. It's not about thinking less of ourselves, but it's about thinking uh, more of others and less of ourselves, if that makes sense. We also have the ability to give our treasures. Treasures. We can give our love, we can give our time, but we also have the ability to give treasures. And you, the old saying, what's the old saying? One man's junk's another man's treasure. Every one of us in this room have stuff that, we, that were very important that we used at one time, but now we're not using it. And it's sitting around the house collecting dust and it's just, just you know, it's making a mess. Yet how many of us, we have the ability to give those treasures away to other people who may be in need. I, I love what happens on the HCC bulletin board on Facebook. I love it. I love to watch. I love, love when I see people saying, man, I got this. Could somebody use this? Whether it's a washing or a dryer or a refrigerator or a bed or, you know, all kinds of resources. I love that. Man, I love that. I love to see that kind of stuff that happens. You see a need, being willing to part with something that maybe you haven't used in a while because you want to use it for the benefit of someone else for a kingdom impact. And you might say, but Pastor Sid, if I, if I give the stuff away, then my mind, I ended up having anything myself left over. Well, this is what Paul had to say in the second letter. What you doing over there, boy? 
what are you doing, boy? Oh, these teenagers, you know how it is. Got to have some music going on. This is what Paul said when he wrote to the church at Corinth. And I go back to the passage of scripture that we read earlier. He said, remember this, 2 Corinthians 9, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who, who plants generously will get a generous crop. I understand this because I, I love to plant seeds and I love to plant seeds. And with one seed, I see, I see a plant that grows and will have multiple. And I, man, I, I love to do that. And he goes on to say, you must each decide in your heart how much you give. Who, who decides how much they give? You do. You decide that. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully or hilariously, as we said earlier. And then he goes on to say this, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Isn't that something? You know, we worry so much about what we have or what we don't have. The Bible says here, listen, when we bless others, there's something that happens that always seems like the God replaces that which we give. I don't understand. It doesn't make sense, but it's biblical. But go back to the motivation. We don't give that we get more, but we give because we understand how much we have been given. In the first week in Proverbs, um, in, our, in our first week, there was, a, there was a nugget of truth that I gave you. And that nugget that week was when I grasped what it means to fear God. I can live fearlessly. And today that nugget of truth is this that a generous person is a blessed person. A generous person is a blessed person. And you know, we take our cues not from what this, the Bible has to say, but we take our cues from how Jesus chose to live his life because he took everything that he had and he laid it all on the line for us. He willingly gave everything that he had. He gave it away so that we could have. He chose to die so that we might live, so that we might benefit. It was the testimony of the early church, not just to share the good news, but to share about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But if you go back and you read in the early days of the, of the, of the early church, you will see that the Bible talks about that there was no needy person among them because not only did they share the gospel, not only did they, they share about the resurrection, but they shared their lives. They shared their resources with one another. And the Bible said that God's blessing was upon them. As a result of that, not only was God's blessing upon them, but the world around them saw a difference in how they live and interacted with one another. Do you hear that? See, there's something that, that happens when we choose to live the way that God calls us to live. And a generous life is something that is out of the ordinary for the natural, for this world. But it's who we are as believers. Today, it's a privilege for us to be able to celebrate the Lord's Supper. There's no greater day for us in talking about generosity to celebrate the one who was most generous to us. And so today, as we, as we pause and as we move into this time of celebrating the Lord's Supper, I'm reminded that in the Old Testament, we, it was God who gave festivals and feasts so that we would be reminded of the great things of God. But it was Jesus himself who would institute the Lord's Supper as a way of us remembering his sacrifice until he returns. It was that night in the upper room as Jesus assembled his disciples there and they were celebrating the Passover meal. That that night before everything would take place, that night before Jesus would be arrested and betrayed, 
That night, as Jesus, as they celebrated that meal, he would take the bread and he would break it and he would say, guys, I want you to understand that this is my body which will be broken for you. And a little bit later on, they didn't understand the significance of what he was talking about, but he would take the wine and he would pour it and he would say, this, this, this wine represents my blood which will be spilled out for you. Little did they know, hours later it would take place. See, what would happen is Jesus would eventually become the Lamb of God who would be sacrificed for our sins. He would give the ultimate price so that we might receive life. And today we have the privilege of celebrating what's called the Lord's Supper, to remember his suffering. One time, sometimes the question is this, well, Pastor said, who is it that participates in the Lord's Supper? And the answer to that is any one of us in this room any one of us that have come to the place of trusting Jesus, that have asked him to be Lord of our lives. But what about the person that hasn't made that decision to follow Christ? You're just welcome to sit and be quiet and observe You're to do that today. Parents, you know, you have the ability, you know your children, you know those who've made that decision, and it's your responsibility to monitor them. But what a great opportunity is, a teaching opportunity for you to be able to instruct them about the significance of the Lord's Supper. But if you've never made a decision, I have to ask the question, what is it that keeps you from making the most important decision of your life? Even today, right there where you are, you have the ability to pray and to ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. In Paul's instructions in Corinthians, as he wrote to the Corinthian believers, there was, there was a part of the instruction that he says it's important for us to examine our lives. And so before we partake of the Lord's Supper this morning, we want to have a time of silence where you go before the Lord and ask him, is there any, any unconfessed sin that you need, to, you need to confess to him today? Maybe there's a broken relationship that needs to be mended. Maybe you need to get up and go to somebody. We want to offer you that time today. Um, and so as Caleb plays over the next just minute or so, we want to just a time of examination, a time of quiet, and then I'll come back and I'll lead us through this time of receiving the Lord's Supper. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the privilege we have of gathering and remembering your sacrifice. Help us not to do so unworthily. In Jesus' name. In Paul's teachings and his instructions in the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul said, For I have received from the Lord, which also I have passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus Christ, on the night that he was betrayed, that he took the bread, and when he had given it, he gave thanks. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And it was a little bit later on that night that Jesus would take the wine and he would pour it. And the scriptures teach us here that this cup is the new covenant in my blood and do this. And whenever you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. Scripture goes on to teach us that whenever we drink or eat, that we are to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, which reminds me of this. 
that our responsibility is not done. When we send you out these doors today that you have the privilege of being Christ's ambassadors, remembering the sacrifice that he's done. And today, as we close, I think it would be great for me to also give you this challenge. Over these next 24 hours, what will you do to demonstrate and to live out generosity to some other, somebody else? Is there something else that you can do that you, that you bypass your needs to say, I want to do something for somebody else because I want to be a light into the world? So I'm just going to challenge you in that. Kids, you can participate in this too. You know, how, how can you be generous to somebody? Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's a card. Maybe, maybe it's a visit. Maybe it's, maybe it's cleaning up your room, parents, right? Yep, that's right. That's good. Um, but parents, I mean, how do we think over the next 24 hours, what would it look like? Instead of bypassing a need, we embrace that need and we help meet that need and engage that person. Not thinking about ourselves, but we're thinking about someone else. See, there's going to come that day, one day, when we have to stand before the Lord and we have to give an account of our lives. And my prayer is that I will hear those words, well done. I want you to know how loved you are and how thankful we are for you and how proud I am of how you seek to live out. I didn't say you're perfect by any means, but no, no, no place is. This is a haven for sinners. But I want you to understand I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of the way you act. I'm so proud of the way you carry yourself and as you seek to live out and love on other people. That makes me happy as a pastor. Some, some people say, well, your job must be so difficult. You have no earthly idea how easy our job is because of you. And for that, we're forever grateful. Um, I want you to continue to remember the Williams family and continue to remember the Turner family as they walk through this season. I'd ask that you would continue to reach out to them and love on them. Um, but let's close our time in prayer. Father, as we walk out these doors today, we love you. Jesus, may our lives be an expression of our love. May our generosity be an expression of a demonstration of recognizing how grateful for you we are for how much you've blessed us with. Thank you for the privilege of being your children. Thank you for the privilege of being your representatives here on this earth. Help us to bring hope into this world. Father, help us to continue to be a light so that others may know you. Help us to take this message of generosity and help us to apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.